With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. As we teased last time, we had a pretty big shoot we just finished. And it was, wait, wait, what were those? They were so forgettable. What were those cars? I know. It they, a, they, it I was can't a, remember begins what with we a drove. P. It was a, it was a, it was a Porsche. Were they there special? Were two Porsches. Yeah, that's right. Were they right. great and special? It was the, it was the, <laughs> nicely done. It was the <laughs> Porsche 959. And I would almost say Versus because you'll understand in a second. The GT2 RS. Now, Versus isn't really right because they're 30 years apart, but that's actually a discussion point that we had is here are 30 years apart, the most Porsche can do. Yeah, and they're both, yeah, exactly. if you will, variants of the 911, like alterations of the 911 to make these crazy cars. We had them both. We drove them both. Yeah, we did. We made a piece that's uh. going to be awesome. <laughs> However, because in case you followed along, hi, welcome back to the podcast. This is Everyday Driver. Those are not Everyday <laughs> Driver cars. We know that. So making it a TV episode felt really a bridge too far. Of course, yes. We wanted to do it, so we shot it. It's shot like a TV episode, but it will come directly to YouTube. That'll be the biggest YouTube piece we've done in a couple of years, but that'll be out in a couple months and whenever I get it edited. Uh, But it was actually a very – it was a crazy shoot. It was definitely one of those shoots where you and I kept looking at each other going, we're doing this right now. No kidding. Oh, thanks again to Max and Jens. Max is at Lux Auto Spa, and a big shout-out to them. They're doing auto sales both uh, Cougar the owner and uh, Max, he's doing the auto sales there, and he helped us out with that. And our friend Jens offered up the GT2 RS. I still can't believe we did it. And it yes, nuts. I yes. was, you know, wanting to remain professional and calm and cool and <laughs> cool as a cucumber around the cars, but. Inside, I was doing cartwheels. That's so funny. I cannot believe I did have the poster on my wall, the yeah. 959. I still can't believe. There it was. This was a really nice one, too, in, in really, really great shape with kind of kind of all the bells and whistles that you want on that car, which was great. It was really fun. Absolutely. We, I don't know if you thought about this. We never saw any sheep. The road where we oh, shot we didn't. You're right. has random like crossings of well, sheep. Well, it's open range, so exactly. it can have cows or sheep or so whatever. So you can come around a corner yeah. and it's sheep. So uh, <laughs> luckily, we did, not, we did not have that experience. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the GT. T2RS has carbon ceramic brakes, which means you could probably have anything fall in front of the car and you can get it stopped. The 959 is worth a bit more and does not have those brakes. Mm-hmm. So I was glad we didn't come around a corner and have a sheep moment, but that was excellent. Uh, by the way, mm. between I, I hate to, to speak ahead of myself, okay. but we're so close on season five on Amazon. I'm hoping, I actually oh, yeah, hope yeah. that by this podcast I could say it was up. It's not quite up. It's we're, still processing We're nearly the there. Side. We're nearly there. But we will tell you the minute on all of our social media and of course the next podcast that happens after it goes live we'll let you know. But season five is very close on Amazon. Episode six of season five is very close in post and that will go on Amazon and allow for by season the right, minute right. I get it done even though it won't even have played on cable yet. Well, it's because we shot that episode so late and that was like just due to car ago. wrangling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's a, a late episode so that will play as the last episode episode the last Saturday in September 2019, right actually about the time, hopefully the uh, the 959 versus the GT2 RS piece comes out as well. So once we've got that episode six wrapped up, then we'll package it nicely in season five. You can buy the entire season at that point, mm-hmm, even though mm-hmm. it'll, everything should be out by yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're nearly there, pushing the content out as fast as we can. We are and, speaking uh, of content. Crazy. We mentioned on the last episode, if you heard, we were talking about great cars versus special cars versus ones that are one or either of the above or both. And I would yes. like I would like to stop for a second and have a public service announcement. Oh no! You ended your list by saying that you think the Civic Type R is both. 
I don't know that I agree with you, but that is less important than the other thing. Okay. There were a lot of cars mentioned that were both. Well, I mentioned that as an example of a modern car. Yes, there are I know. many examples, I and I mentioned that as one example that and, I and, think and multiple, as a modern car. Here's the reason it I was want, not a definitive because, stake in the ground. That was the by thing. Any stretch. Because it was the last car mentioned, I've noticed a few people that listen to the episode that think that that was the car we held up no, as no, no, the no, no, example. No. That is, there were a lot of examples mis- mentioned. One of many modern examples that and yeah, we, we ran out of get, time. We didn't get close to covering well. It was, yeah. but honestly, it was one of my very favorite topic Tuesdays. We had because it felt like one of those things where we could spend half of this podcast talking about it again. We aren't going to. <laughs> we're going to recap last podcast, the thing that we just did. But, uh, it, it's one of those ongoing ones, which is great, which is why we like the Topic Tuesdays. Keep sending those in. That came directly from you guys. Shane, thanks for sending that one in. We have two car debates this podcast, uh, one for Mike writing in, and that's going to be very cool. He's looking for a manual cool dad car. That sounds like a fun one. And also Stephen writing in from Key West, Florida, fun island driving. Are you <laughs> hearing island covered. music or is it just me? Plus many <laughs> audience questions. Before we jump in, there was a quick debate for Aaron L. I believe your last name starts with L. And I couldn't resist because he wrote to us asking, should I get a sports car as a third car, as we all think, Yes. or replace the daily with a high-performance luxury car? Sure, sure. And we've all thought about That's this. Debate, he yeah. only has a two-car garage. And very quickly, at the end of the email... He said he thinks referencing cars in terms of Corvette C8 monetary units might be something useful for all of us moving forward. He so therefore, yeah. my budget is one C8 monetary unit by, by about sixty-five, seventy thousand. He said he had about there. seventy grand or one C8 monetary <laughs> unit. So so going forward on this podcast, it'll be how many C8s does that car cost? Aaron, yeah. you said that you wanted the C8. It must be a C8. It's the logical option. If you can, and you're able to spend one C8 monetary unit on your car, I mm-hmm. do think you should get it for you, for your situation. Even though you've got a two-car garage, mm-hmm. I do think you should go for it on one condition. Uh-oh. And that is it doesn't sit. That agreed, is it gets agreed, driven, yes. and it's not, I got the sports car, and it's the third car, and I I have it now. I back it out of the garage, wash it, and put it back in the no, garage. No, 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 no. You, you have to promise drive yeah, it because yeah. you want to see it. And if that's what you're gunning for, then I say go for it. And Otherwise, you'll always be wondering, well, I got the brand mm-hmm, new hot mm-hmm. whatever is my daily, and I still want the Corvette. It's going to happen. The problem is that like all other monetary units, uh, value changes. I'm sure you've heard the rumors already there that the that. C8 Corvette will probably be more expensive in its second model year than it is the first model year. I mean, they got that PR thing done, coming out for less than 60 grand, but apparently <laughs> yeah. they're already saying, by the way, next year, not less than 60 grand. Now, my Talk suspicion about is, out. seriously, my suspicion is that means it'll be in the low 60s, and they really wanted for marketing purposes to be able to say, starts at less than 60 grand when they drop the car. Now, that made the, the, the bomb to the industry that we all expected. But I don't think that means that the next year this car is going to be $10,000 more expensive. I think it's going to be three or four more. And car at the prices base, at the sometimes base go price. up every year. But if we're going to measure okay. in Corvette monetary units, it may change. That well, may, that's that why may he left a changing it, you know, factor. Yeah. He left it open to between 65 and 70. So I know, that, but I'm that just gave him a little bit of safety yes. there, which I like. So, you know, we're spending, I think, for Mike in Seattle on his manual cool dad car, I think we're at about... 20% of one yes. Corvette money yes, unit. Yes, we're like 0.25 Corvette Somewhere in there. units. And, and for our second car debate, let's just stay with stay with the theme while we're here. <laughs> for our second car debate, we're working about uh, 0.5 Corvette monetary units. Yes. For, yeah, we got to come up with a real a denomination. We could print currency. <laughs> we can print currency. It's it's all, all all the money has got a picture of a C8 on it, but only has the amount of C8 that it's worth. It's so like you only have like the first quarter, the first <laughs> exactly. quarter panel, and the rest of the, the rest of the bill is blank. Oh, I see. Yeah, got it. 
it. So here's a one one C eight note. Here's a five C eight note. Wow, you're a big spender. <laughs> You've heard about Benjamins. This right. is C eights. <laughs> All right, Mike. He's up in Seattle asking for something fun. His typical work commute is about seventy miles round trip. He currently has get this. A 1993 Toyota MR2. Very cool. With a V6 swap. He said that it's almost entirely a dedicated track car. Mm-hmm. And he sends us the uh, the website if you want to follow the build, apex-attack.com. And he says, with any 26-year-old track car, it's broken more often than it's not broken. <laughs> well, it's it's also, by the way, it is a 26-year-old engine-swapped project car that became a track car. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just... can't it's more broken than yes, not. Yes, honey, it's still sitting there. That's that, and I and I bet when it runs, it's awesome. But I have no doubt that there's okay. What's on the list next? <laughs> All right. So, being a Toyota person, he dailies a year two thousand Toyota Tundra. Mm-hmm. He said it's been an amazing truck. Good to hear. But with three hundred thousand miles on it and only wow. fourteen miles to the gallon, it's time to retire it for bad weather and outdoor weekend adventures. So it like sounds it. like like it. The truck stays around. Yes, it does sound like it's not that, going yeah. anywhere because yep. it runs. Yep, for sure. And they just welcomed their first child into their family. Congratulations. Yeah, big time. He needs a commuter that can haul a kiddo, be practical, he said, miles per gallon, all the while having some fun. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say what's going to happen to the MR2. It just seems like I have it. <laughs> it will it's continue. broken. It, it will continue, continue to be broken. taking up that space in the garage until <laughs> just, every now and then exactly. goes to the track. You didn't say yeah. that it's going away. So yeah. neither car so far is going away. So it, he's got to have at the top of his list manual transmission, mm-hmm. which is big for all of us. I get that. But it's amazing how many things it just blows right off the list. It shortens the list quite a bit, it, right? Because the other thing yes. that he would prefer, he really wants rear-wheel drive, and he's willing to accept all-wheel drive. But the but the unspoken thing there is he doesn't want front-wheel drive. So right. here's the thing. Right. Once you start doing a tally of manual transmission, four doors, rear or all-wheel drive, the number of things off the list far exceeds anything on already. I figured out his budget. I had to do math. I went to art school. Leave me alone. So his uh, his budget is exactly 27.7% of a C8 monetary unit. Bravo. There he you go. wants to spend between fifteen dollars and $18,000. <laughs> but since you're all now used to C8 monetary units. Yes, exactly. I, we'll that was, speak in that. You know, It'll be I, much easier. Yeah. You know, yeah. Repeating Point myself. Seven. Got it. Right. Okay. All right. So manual transmission. He's got to have, you know, good miles to the gallon. Well, we're beating 14. I mean, he'd like 25 or above. <laughs> Low we're beating bar, 14, right? so we're going to do five. I think new yeah. Range Rovers beat that. I yeah. mean, anyway. Four doors, 2008 and newer. He said that's likely needed for financing. Generally, yes. Okay. Generally. Rear-wheel drive preferred, all-wheel drive if he has to. I might throw the both of those out the window and suggest other things. I understand. I've got, I've got odd uh, wild cards as well. He says rear seat space because his wife's current 2015 Ford Focus doesn't fit a car seat well. You must have bought the car seat with missiles. Yeah, really? They, they they have the big car seat. They have the big one clearly, it which is okay. It's all right. Will it not get in the door opening, or will it not actually fit in the seat? I think it's the amount of the amount of space it takes up for the seat in front of it, and all of these kind of things. But that tells us hmm. the things the size of the Focus are out, which is an interesting parameter. I will say, they do make different sizes of car seats. Now, if you've got a rear facing monster car seat with missiles, you practically need a minivan for that seat. You practically need something with yeah, huge yeah. rear seat room just because once it goes rear-facing, all the ergonomics of making the other seats fit are right out the window. 
I just like have the, the passenger seat like up against the airbag. I mean, it's all bad. I like the Rube Goldberg unnecessary series of complicated mirrors, so you can look in the back, look at, bounce yes. off that one, bounce uh-huh. off the yeah. one attached to the back of the headrest. Oh, yeah, on the, for sure. On the passenger side mm-hmm. to look at the kid. I yep. like the you know That's, bounce, bounce, right. bounce. Yeah. Weird. It series looks like of something mirrors. out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon, doesn't so it? Funny. You're, you're gonna see Wiley Coyote look through the exactly. mirrors. You're gonna watch his eyeballs. Move. Like everything yeah. in there is highly reflective. It's really bright in your car. What? So bright. <laughs> anyway, so he says. He's not stuck on Japanese cars, open to anything. It's got to be fun to drive, but economical rear-wheel drive and manual. This is tough. Mm-hmm. And he says in a perfect world, he'd drive the Japanese version of the IS300, which is the Toyota Altezza with a six-speed, mm-hmm. four-cylinder engine. He said, but another major project filling up the garage isn't going to happen this year. <laughs> I'm not sure it'll happen any year. That's funny. It's really funny. I you like know, it. The broken MR2. So you have a broken MR2. Which, and here's the, here's, here's the actual problem. We have, on one hand, broken MR2. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, infant. Hmm. Those are two needy things. And I'm telling you right now <laughs> yes, that one are. of them is going to win and it will not be the MR2. <laughs> yes, they are. If you have time for a needy thing, it's going to be the one that can scream for its own needs. And that's that isn't true. the MR2. And if the MR2 is sitting in the garage screaming, you have a whole different set that's of problems. A, that's a totally whole different, different problem. set of issues. Yeah. yeah, they have high care and feeding for both. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's one clear winner there. Well, and also because <clears> if, he, if he feeds, if there's care and feeding giving the MR2, your wife's angry that you ignored the infant. The oh, other way around doesn't happen. Then you'll have to deal with that mike yeah you're right so no project cars no more project cars (laughs) keep us posted as to whatever happens with the mr2 if you want to keep building it and when it becomes unbroken we'll we'll cure that on (laughs) i like it we're we're teasing you of course uh i'm looking at things other than wrx's to start because everybody listening might hear wrx you heard seattle rain all-wheel drive four-door manual i know that's what rattling is rattling around in your head let's just stop there real quick Yes, WRX. Yes, I mean, that is the fifteen to conclusion. Get a, get a few years old WRX sedan. Obviously, tons of support available. They run well. You can get them in manual. Yes, it's all wheel drive. They're fun. They're not. Like, oh, it's the most fun ever, but they're genuinely fun. We've done multiple reviews mm-hmm. of even this current gen. We've got a current gen versus BRZ piece we did when the, when the this current generation had just come out and the BRZ had just come out. We drove both of those. I think the WRX is a real candidate. I think it's overlooked if we don't mention it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what happens – I should also say this. What happens sometimes on this show is we hear a story and we subconsciously hear WRX and we feel like we mention it every time. Early on in the podcast, we did mention it every time. Now, for us, it's like this unspoken thing that probably every now and then we should speak. So WRX works here, okay? <laughs> I want to just go ahead for and sure. say yes to the WRX. There's a couple rattling around in my head, and I want to start in the high end. First of all, Mike, we recently drove for television a comparison including the brand-new Civic Si four-door. Okay, now this car, brand-new... Mm-hmm. is $25,000. Yeah. So yeah. it was the least expensive of the, of the trio that we drove. The it other was, was yeah. the Rabbit Edition GTI and the Hyundai Veloster N. Mm-hmm. But this car was impressive. And, you know, you mentioned for the all-arounder, you know, I was thinking more in terms of the, you know, you buy one, brand new, and when your child is 16, that's their first car. That's This is a Honda trend, you're right. Because yeah. it's a Honda and because it is a manual. The Civic Si, like the Type R, only comes with a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. It does come in the coupe, but the four-door is really spacious. Yeah, yeah, it's got good space. And they've yeah. decreased the displacement while adding the turbo, and it's actually got a lot of power. It's pretty jumpy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a good way. 
So there's some fun to be had, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't match your rear-wheel drive manual or all-wheel drive manual. I think it's a candidate. I do agree with that. Now, again, it's 25K brand new. Mm-hmm. But spread your payments out to 84 months, and you'll or never feel it. Get a one-year-old one. I mean, the, 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 the yeah. Type R's are going to yeah. hang on to their money. The SI's are going to they're going to drop a bit at least. So I think, and I think you can find one slightly bit. used yeah. that yeah, yeah. has come off that, and you're mm-hmm. in the slightly high 20s. I really think it's a serious contender for you. I think it's just going to run, and it's going to really mm-hmm. f- kind of check all those boxes, except for the rear-wheel drive thing. I get yeah, that. Agreed. Agreed. That's the issue with today's modern cars. There just doesn't seem to be the Pontiac G8s out there that are, hey, big, you know, rear-wheel drive manual because it just seems like it's going to come with a V8, which is not really economical for what he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could chase G8s. You could try to find yourself a manual G8. You can do the V6. You can do the V8. You could chase one of those. Uh, most of the V8s are over your budget anyway. It's probably be in V6 manual, which I'm pretty sure that animal exists. Mm-hmm, you could look mm-hmm. for it. But you, those cars are actually older than 08 now. They're, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's a, kind that's of the true. newest ones that's are 08, 09. From a financing I think, I think 09. Yeah. But I think most of them were 05, 06 to 08. So you're right in that. You're just below your, your desire yeah. on age. So we have all of these little things. We keep hitting a stopper, if you will, for all of these. Keep going. Keep going. I had on my list, Mike, a 2018 Mazda 6 Sport because that is the last year Mazda is offering the Mazda mm. 6 actually with a manual transmission. And I found one for you. You slightly used 18,660 miles for 18.9, which means wow. you could probably walk in and get it for 18. Yeah. Again, last year for this car, they had the 187 horsepower Sky Active 4 in it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this one's the Sport and it's got the manual, and we really like the Mazda 6. Again, it's front wheel drive, but yeah. I think yeah. it's a serious contender for you, even though it's going to you know, seem like to your neighbors, like, hey, you got the Mazda Accord, good job. Well, and- the way it drives mm-hmm. is the difference that only you will know. And especially with the manual, I think you'll have a ball with that car. It's really spacious. I think it's bigger than the Civic Si, to be honest, even it in is the back seat. Well, it's bigger it's than great. the Civic Si. It's almost bigger than the current Accord. That's a surprisingly yeah, 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 large, yeah. roomy car. But the dynamics for it. Well, there were two on our meetup road tour this year. There were two yeah. Mazda 6s. Yeah. And kudos to both of you driving them. I know who you are. You both drove them very hard to stay with the pack and did a really good job. It's not like, here's the whole pack of sports cars and there's the Mazda No, they were, they were in the middle of the, of yeah, the mix. Yeah, they were all up in the so, mix. Yep. And we... There were sections where we're not going slowly. So uh, the Mazda 6 can hang, for sure. I like that. The rear doors on both those cars are big enough to fit the missile-equipped, the launcher-equipped yes. kid seat. Yes. You can fit that in the car, and I think these are worth your consideration because otherwise my headspace went to Buick Regal GS, which is a contender, mm. but uh, okay, maybe if you go drive one. But then otherwise, as far as the, the, the remaining car, mm-hmm. I feel like that is in this budget – 2011 E92 BMW 335iS, 20 grand and under. Mm. That is still a contender, but, mm. but because you already have a broken MR2 in the garage, I don't want you to have anything that your wife can point to and be like, well, the care and feeding of that went up, and what yeah. the heck? And, you know, the two, you know, the Mazda and the Honda are just going to be cool. They're going to be cool. only concern with the 335iS is it's actually two door. That's also an issue. That's why it's out there. I was gonna. We keep we keep running. Yeah. That's the thing. There's a lot of stuff going on here that we have to to. Because I'm against. sure people are hearing two twenty eight eyes. Also the same problem. They're mm-hmm. even smaller. They're yeah. great manual, but yeah, doesn't really fit. Mike, I've got a couple other ideas for you, and then I've got a couple of wild cards. We talked to WRX. I have to go there. 
you could shop the Evo. You could. You, you could. could. You could. Uh, you certainly could shop the sedan version of the Rally Art and get it in a manual. Yes. So that is yeah. the Mitsubishi equivalent of the WRX. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I have the wagon which only came in uh, that only came in um, the dual clutch. But I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Rally Arts only came, period, only came dual clutch. I think you can get I, – I, somebody's going to correct me when they're already beating their phone to death and typing furiously. But I think you can get the Rally Art sedan in a manual. Pretty sure okay. you can. We'll have to verify but that. But the, yeah. the Evo 10, 18 grand is like the bottom of Evo 10 shopping, okay? The GSR yeah. is yeah. the manual. You want the manual anyway. That would be much more fun than the WRX to drive. It really, it just would. I call it the Mitsubishi ringtone when you slam the door on those cars. It's like, well, yes, I hear you. Now, the, the back seats are actually pretty roomy. The trunk is a joke. So if, yeah, if, if no. you don't have a lot of kid stuff to haul in the trunk, you'd be fine mm-hmm. because I think the back seats would be spacious enough. I have to at least mention, since we already talked WRX, yes, you could shop, just go into the pool of the 3 Series. This is where the 3 Series has been kind of alone in the world for a long time. Now, the problem is, the older you go, like you already said with the 335 IS, the more you do have to worry about care and feeding. Mm-hmm. Now, could you find – look, I'm going to go weird for a minute. What about the E46 generation? Now, that's older, but the E46 generation, ZHP, which is the almost M3 oh, sedan, yeah. you could find that manual. The problem is that's older now even than we've already talked about. And banks about. are going to maybe shy away from So what's going to happen is you have a credit yeah. union that will help you, these kind yeah. of things. That feels like the right car for you. But can you find one that you like? Can you get the financing? I don't know on that. But just the BMW portfolio at large is your friend here because they're only just now stopping the manual, which brings me to this car, which unfortunately is twice your budget. Hmm. The Genesis G70 is the answer. Hmm. Of new cars, it's the answer. You can get the the base engine Genesis G70, rear-wheel drive, manual transmission, turbo four, it's going to be low 30s. I mean, that's but the answer. But we're twice your budget. But yeah, it's... We're it's twice your budget. Yeah. So then I have two wild cards for you. One is, uh, what about a Honda Accord Sport with the manual? Those are out there. Okay. Used. You could find those. Now that's sure. front-wheel drive. Sure. My other wild card for you is Porsche Cayenne Base. Those Ooh. come in six-speed manual. Those are going to be harder to find in They're the manual. They're out there, though, because it's the They're base. It's, uh, my wife and I considered it when we bought ours. Now, you can get a, a, a 2009 2010. That's the end of the first-gen kind, right around the one we bought. So I'm inside your parameters for hmm. age. Hmm. They are a rear-biased all-wheel drive system with a manual. They are fun to drive. They get better gas mileage than your Tundra. They check a lot of boxes, but now you've gone SUV. But you'd like the space. They will run. I'm in wildcard territory, but I like a manual-based Cayenne for you quite a bit. And I'll even go one further. The second gen, starting in 2011, the base ones of those, also available with a manual. Now, you're base engine only, but they're out there. Of anybody, they could still... You know what they should do? Porsche should reintroduce the manual on the Cayenne Coupe that they've just introduced. That's an interesting point. That's where the manual could make its return in limited numbers, just like Mm -hmm. it was before. But that's actually... The car that could have it again. It would almost make sense. And if any sporty company, SUV, let's do this yeah, the manual. Why not? We sit even higher off the ground uh-huh. with the manual. Anyway. But, Mike, seriously, Cayenne, yeah. I'm in wild card territory, but I like it for you. Thanks for your debate, Mike. Write to us if you've got one of your own. And also, you know, always remember to let us know how big your budget is, how many C8 monetary units you've got to spend. Yes, and speak what to us in C8. We've killed ourselves now. We're going we're gonna to hate that we said that. <laughs> I know. <but> anyway. <laughs> exactly. 
Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We've got folks from around the world who frequently ask us about the roads we shoot on, but they also ask us about great driving roads near them. Now there's an app that will help anyone worldwide discover and share the best driving roads everywhere. Driveline app allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road. You can even mark great pit stops and attach photos and videos if you like. With Driveline, you can follow people in great areas. You can search an area you've never seen, and if you find a route you like, you select Drive It, and you'll be guided to the beginning of a new favorite drive. You can even earn points and patches for your activity on the app. These build up toward actual car giveaways. That's right. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members, and your postings and drivings get you entered to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the mixture of community and great drives. You can get in early right now to help shape the app and the community as well. Download Driveline to your phone today, start sharing your favorite roads, meet other drivers, and find a new route for your next adventure. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately... You can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, Autotempest.com is your place to start. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. It's rare that we get emails... Asking for cars to drive on islands. True. That's that's not common. Yeah. Even though Key West is connected to the mainland, we get yes, it. Yes, true, true. But true. Stephen in Key West, Florida, he's asking for fun island driving. He says that he's been watching the YouTube channel for some time, recently found the podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, really appreciate here, it. That's cool. Share the podcast with your fellow car friends, and you know that's how it's grown. So, yeah, in addition to rating and reviewing, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. He has one of the usual suspects. He does, one of the yes. top everyday driver cars, mm-hmm. 2016 Fiesta ST. He said is a non-Recaro equipped car. Which is actually fine. I actually, I think that's a car that I personally prefer without the Recaros. Just the way that I'm, I'm built, I prefer it without the Recaros. But okay. they're either way. All right. All right. So I got it used when he moved to Key West. And he says, since this area is relatively slow speed limits mm-hmm. or a one-lane highway to the mainland, 
He figured getting a used Fiesta ST would be a great setup for the island. I, I just, I cannot help but recreate the scene in my mind from True Lies. I wonder if you're going to True Lies. Every time, I just, I, anybody says Key West, Key West, I'm like, oh, yes, that's like Saturday morning. We got to go recreate it and do something cool. (laughs) We're we're blowing up sections (laughs) of the freeway to make True Lies. Yes, Harriers gunning down a freeway. That doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, (laughs) still a great movie scene. Even though there were some campy moments in the movie, I think that movie's pretty great. I think that I thought it was fun. Here's the thing: once you get past the absurdity, the the absurdity. That Arnold Schwarzenegger is a James Bond character. If you can make that leap, which I will admit is a leap, at that point you just settle in and the movie's awesome. I kind of wish they'd make a second one, to be honest. You know, modernize everything and modern tech and do kind of the same thing. It's also the only movie I've ever seen where I thought Tom Arnold helped. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I think he's great in that film. I'm not saying Arnold would have to be in the second one. I'm saying, you know, a leading character no, wait, I who's got a, it. I just, got it. you would never expect it. Uh, Eliza, Eliza Dushku is her last name. Okay. That played his 15-year-old daughter. She's the spy. Oh. Because. Interesting. Because, sorry, spoiler alert. Because at the end of the movie, the whole family is in on it. Okay. The whole family right. is aware that this is the spy life. And then dad retires them. and she's recruited. She, it's it's alias essentially, but it's with the James Cam- James Cameron flair and you the and you script writes and she's seriously and she's she's still actually a very successful actress. So you hire her, yeah. she takes on you you pull look I'm I'm writing it right now. You pull dad out of retirement <laughs> to solve a problem that she's involved in that relates yeah. to back when he was a spy. Come on, folks. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis was his wife. Well, the, it can go it, on it because itself. some of the characters, you know, their kids. Well, you killed my dad and. You know, this now is how those terrorism kids works. And the, I hate to say it. Wow. But yeah, it's all revenge. Wow. No, well, seriously, we've, we've created True Lies too. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's not a movie podcast, but we're solving problems. We've got to look for a car for Stephen here. All right, so he's he's trying to find something in the 25000 up to 30000 absolute max price range. He says that gives him the enjoyment of the Fiesta ST. Slightly larger. Okay, he's six foot one. He says his knees rub against the door, the center console. The problem is when he road trips in that car. Yeah. Four or five hours, he realizes this car's a little too small for me. And well, so he's, he's heads trying, up north to Miami. He, he wants, he wants that the fun. The, the issue he's had also is the fact, and this is why it has been a good island car, the Fiesta ST is great at 40 miles an hour. It's just fun. I mean, it's when just, I hear good island car, I just think of Fiat Jolly. Yes. Like, that's good of, island car. Yes, exactly. Like, you think of cars that don't have doors, and I understand. Yeah. Or but a it, but Manx, in this case, Myers Manx. Exactly. Or that new VW electric ID thing. But the great thing about the Fiesta ST is that it is really fun at, like, 40, and it's still punchy there because of the turbo. And so it has yeah. been good in that regard. Yeah. But he's realizing you need something bigger. All right. So in the last few cars he's owned have been an 08 Volkswagen R32. He said, I still love this car more than anything. Although it was always in the shop, which is why he sold it. <laughs> All right. Uh, up to a f- 2014 Focus ST. So he's owned both mm-hmm. the hits he from Ford. Yep. He's owned a WRX, and he's also owned an FRS as well. No, he's just driven it. Oh, he's, he's just driven it. You're right. He's he just, owns just, the uh, ST, just, but he, he's just driven, driven an FRS. Thank he has you. a yes. buddy that drove an FRS, uh, so he's had a chance to drive that. He's tested an EcoBoost Mustang, a Camaro SS, and a brand new, well, current gen c7 corvette of 2014 actually that a buddy of his has so he's driven all of those but he's sitting here going what what is going to be the upgrade from the fast st that's still fun to go slow mm-hmm, but yet can mm-hmm. go distance and can fit him well and we're dealing with what's our corvette monetary unit on this one let's see here 25k I th- that's I think uh, it's, uh, like 30 we'll, percent. we'll go up to 30 since the 30 is the top end of your budget 
I'm going to go. So all we're the almost. Way up. We're like 48. We're 48 percent. We're at 46.2 percent. My guess was African. The very, I, I very almost nice. did math. Look at that. Okay, so we're almost 50 percent of a Corvette C8. Corvette money. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing that. I have that, to that say is a whole that when I read this, no good. When I read this, Stephen, I did actually think, "What about the '86 FRS?" Because that is a car that is that is fun a lot and is actually really good for big guys. However, you and I disagree on its ability to be dailyed and road tripped. I love the canyoning. I love the trackability. Mm-hmm. I love when you're turning the steering wheel. It's a wonderful car. When you're buzzing along, I don't want to be in it. Yeah, and I'm I'm a, I mean, look at the stuff that I drive. I'm more tolerant of it than you. Yeah, but I will admit that that's not its strength. Fair enough. All right. Well, Stephen is saying that mechanics and dealers are few on the islands. He has access to a lift, which is great, and he does as much of his own maintenance as he can. So that's always good. Got some choices here for you, and I think the folks might be hearing Miata in C or ND, maybe. But if he's having space struggles, that's still a yes. space struggle. I'm not recommending it because, you know, it's not the answer here. I'm thinking more in terms of going back to the middles that we just did, referencing that once again, for thirty grand, the Hyundai Veloster N. It's a little bit bigger. It's got good power, and it's fun at kind of at slow speeds. Mm-hmm. Weirdly. It's funny. I'm not too surprised you mentioned it because it's on my list. In fact, I think I have others. I think it might be the answer for Stephen because we talked about in that piece how it is feels like it's from the same lineage as Fiesta ST, but it's a larger car. Yeah. And since yeah. that's his issue, and all three of us, you and me and Chance and Gear, not for long, mind you, but all three <laughs> of us were in the Veloster Inn. Yeah. It, it is yeah. a car that can handle big guys. So. That may be the choice if he wants to step out of the Fiesta ST with similar feeling. I'm glad you brought that up. I've got others, but I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, Stephen, you heard me talk about the Civic Si Coupe before, which could be an option for you since you don't – I don't think you need four doors. And that is definitely the larger car. Again, it, it's got a low displacement engine, but with the turbo, it makes decent power. It's fun to just buzz around in. And I think what you're looking for is you know, gears one through three, really. <laughs> you're absolutely uh, right, yes. You're, unless you're we're road tripping, that's it. Yeah. Not going to get much use, yeah, unless you're going up to Miami. But there was one weird car, even though it doesn't really fit. It's going to be the weird outlier. It, I, yeah, I'm going there again. Honda CRZ with the HPD supercharger. You're going, wow, can he find one of those? That's there's got to the, be Well, out there's there many issues. It's smaller than the Fiesta <laughs> Great idea. ST. Now here come the problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, you. the problem with that car was you could not get that HPD, the, the supercharger, yeah. installed at the dealer. You had to buy it and then have it installed. <laughs> so if you could find one, but what was so sure. crazy about it was gears one through three were a riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, anyway... A it was weird, far more fun than it seemed Weird possible. outlier. Yeah. But I do think the Veloster N is your choice because mm-hmm. you're not road tripping a lot. And I'll admit that it's not the Veloster N's strength. Mm-hmm. But you can once in a while. Yeah. It does have comfort yeah, yeah. mode. I think it's a more... But it, for uh, the buzziness? It's a better road tripper than I think both the Fiesta ST and the FRS. I think it's a better road I, tripper than yeah, both. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely You turn everything to full comfort mode and I think the Veloster N gets that done. I have a couple others. I'm I'm standing on that. And I maybe think, the Civic Si Coupe. But I, I think at, you may be done right there stand, at the Veloster Stand N. there. But if we've got thirty grand to spend, what about like a one-year-old Civic Type R? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I don't go, don't go SI. Go Type R because that car is fun all the time. And you can find it between thirty and thirty-five, mm-hmm. a year old. Yeah, so I think that's an option. And then you did mention the EcoBoost Mustang, and I want to circle back to that and say that's a good option here. 
they've been around long enough you can find them for whatever your budget is you can certainly find used ones uh, they have you know the lighter front end because they have that turbo engine you're going to get uh, good miles per gallon when you take that road trip because it's a Ford Mustang, you're going to be able to get it serviced. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it does a lot of things really well, so I think that shouldn't be ignored. But you and I are both kind of leaning uh, Veloster in. I think that maybe we may be done there. Interesting. Hope this helps. Keep us posted, Stephen. And uh, we're going to be doing more car conclusions. I've mentioned this before. So please write to us with your conclusion, even if we haven't been able to cover it on a debate on the podcast. Love to hear what you guys are buying. Definitely. And why. So reference either the podcast number, what we suggested, mm-hmm. and then how much you ended up spending. Because, you know, maybe you spent two Corvette units or yes. more. You told I'd us it, to was, it was it uh, was one-third of a Corvette, and you spent two-thirds of a Corvette. I'd love to know. Yeah, we're beating that joke to death. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so jump into social media questions. Michael H. is saying he's more excited for the RS6 Avant coming than just about any other <laughs> car-related announcement in the last 10 years? Wow. You heard about the C8 and the Supra, right? You heard about the, the, right. the hype machines that kind of flowed through in the last six months? He says this is probably the forbidden wagony fruit thing. Yeah, that's what it is. Wagony fruit thing. Yeah, All right. There you go. Is there other forbidden fruit that equals this to enthusiasts? Well, certainly, I mean, what comes to mind is what we've got slated for our pilgrimage trip that's going to be part of an episode for television for season six, and that is the Alpine A110. We're gonna, mm-hmm. going to be scheduled to drive that. Finally. While we're finally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot you of may stuff. Have trouble getting me out of Germany. I, I, I'm just a fair warning now. <laughs> Be like, bye now. Fair no. warning now. Who knows? I'm gonna move in with Tom and just drive the Alpine around. <laughs> By the way, Tom, heads up. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> My wife's gonna be angry, crashing on the couch. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. There's there's a lot, and I I've always thought, Michael, that we have a lot of choice in North America, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and the states. We do. But then there's still others. You remember that Peugeot RCZR that I kept yeah, talking about for yeah, a while? Yeah. We saw one when we went to Things our, our like that. trip. Yeah. And then, you know, the five-door one series. Just various models and engine size. Obviously, the, you know, the engine size are lower displacement. But, you know, there's so many more manuals in Europe. And mm-hmm. I just I come away going, why don't we get that? The A45, the prior generation Mercedes yeah, A45 yeah, yeah, yeah. AMG. Just going, come on, mm-hmm, please mm-hmm. give something to us. So even though there are a lot of those things, we're trying to do that while we're in Germany. We're going to be hopefully getting some other things as well while we're there. But that that's it. You know, that's you know what we aspire to as well because of comparison purposes. So we mm-hmm. come back to you know the choices that we've got in North America, and we say, all right, we've driven that other thing, pretty cool. But look what we've got, and this choice is actually you know better. But I I'm kind of with you. I I'm ready for wagons. I mean, who knew that Audi? Of all companies, the you know proliferation of CUVs and SUVs, they're bringing us a genuine wagon again. I'm quite surprised. Five hundred ninety-one horsepower, air suspension. This thing is going to be a monster, and I say bring it. But that's on us to buy them because Audi's bringing them back. If any car company's bringing wagons back, it's on all of us to buy them so they are used and so it you know continues to proliferate the business case for bringing wagons to the U.S. There are so many here. Uh, Jordan Stone asked on Instagram, he said he's been watching, when he's watching any car review, ours, anybody else's, there's so many screens in cars now that the LED flicker is driving him nuts. He says, is this only me? Why can this not be fixed? It's driving him insane. Please don't go insane, Jordan. There's a couple things here. It's refresh rate. The refresh rate of the LED lights on the outside of the car and the screens inside, it actually varies even car to car and usage to usage. 
Technically, you could chase refresh rates and how your camera is doing a refresh rate, and you can align it with the update of the screen, and therefore it all suddenly goes clean and nice and looks good. I don't take that time. <laughs> Theoretically, you can't. And like I say, it varies car to car to car, which is even more nuts. There's a pretty famous photo. Uh, I think it's a Larry Chen photo of a race car going around a corner, real low angle shot. One of the ones that really made it's Speed Hunters. Okay. Uh, right. Is that Larry Chen? Um, anyway, point is Speed Hunters shot that went around the corner of, I think it's like an Aston Martin, and it's really low and it's wet and it's a really cool race shot. But one of the taillights is lit and one is not because that's a refresh thing too. Sure. He just, the, the moment he snapped that photo, the split second he snapped that photo, it's even that. So it is that. Having said that, once you have it recorded, you can't fix it in post. There's a lot of things you can fix in post. You can't fix that in post. Uh, I have kind of um, blinded myself to the reality of the fact that it exists and we move on with our lives because these screens are everywhere and chasing all – sometimes, here's the thing. Sometimes you can have two screens side by side that aren't even on the same refresh rate. So you set one oh, and now course. the other one's off. Sure, yeah. It's just this is half my production day. I just move on. <laughs> Chris Quick says he recently received his pay-to-play traffic ticket and had to pay his penance in the form of defensive driving. Not to be outdone, his wife also ended up with a pay-to-play ticket, (laughs) had to go through a similar course. And one thing that stood out to both of them is how much information is in the course they were not aware of, including new laws and changes to some Mm. laws. Now he says he knows he's more observant and knowledgeable when driving now, which is a good thing, but he does find himself having less patience with other drivers who take unnecessary risks on the roads, like looking at your phone while you're driving. The phone does not help you steer, just another PSA. It made him wonder, shouldn't this be a standard requirement for license renewals at a minimum? Seems like a good way for a state or municipality to continue to educate drivers. Look, we're all for the continuing education, and you're Mm -hmm. right. There's a lot of laws sometimes that get updated and changed that people aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. And until we're legally required to go take those, there's not a lot of incentive for all of us to go to driving school. It's the drudgery. You can take it online and you click through the thing and try to pay attention. And unfortunately, that's kind of the (laughs) realities. But if there could be some sort of incentive where, you know, it's kind of a high-performance driving education event combined with driving school where you learn the new laws and Mm -hmm. then, all right, so let's take this to the extreme. Let's talk about cornering and better cornering at low speeds on the street. And then let's translate that to on the track and you get to ride in some hot laps with a driver or something like that. I'm just kind of spitballing here. Sure, sure. What if it were some kind of thing combined? Because sure, you know, politicians could legally mandate us to go do that. And every time you have the driver's license update five or 10 years or whatever, I think for some people it's really necessary to just go anyway. How about once a year? Please go. Be educated. (laughs) But what if there were some kind of incentive and that incentive translated into an insurance company discount? Yep. Because that's the only payoff back for us. Yeah, I got hot laps or I got to drive and get some driver evaluation or something along with learning new things. That's worth my time. Yeah. And then, hey, I got an insurance discount too. Bonus. But until, you know, there's a good incentive and we can, you know, come up with this, anybody from an insurance company listening that wants to take this on, we'd love Probably to gonna happen. Love to promote that and love yeah. to uh, endorse that, of course. But, you know, that's kind of where we're at. I'm glad you <laughs> I'm glad you learn new stuff. And I've always told Todd, if we're going to be in this business and have fun sports cars, the flashing lights in our rearview mirrors are a reality for yep. us. You have to I, pay to play. Not that I'm promoting that, mm-hmm. but it's just we get eager and excited and it just happens. 
There's been a question lingering, and honestly, I don't even have your name in front of me, and I apologize for that. There's been a question lingering where uh, one of you keeps asking about the Lexus IS300. Let me clarify this real quick. There used to be an IS250. Now it's the 300 or the 350. It used to be the, the IS250 on the low end and the 350 on the high end. Because we talk used cars on this show, we typically refer to don't get the 250, get the 350. Yes, the 300 exists. It's the base current one. If you get the F Sport, it's going to drive just like the current IS, which we like, we don't love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the sorry that the 300 has not been called out specifically. It's not a pariah in anywhere in that lineup. Uh, I've seen your IS 300 questions. Thank you. <laughs> All right, there is that question on IG here. Timothy Cornett 94 says this is the first question he's ever asked. Thanks for writing in. Really appreciate it. He says he's young, 25 years old. He's got back and hip troubles. Last year, he replaced his Nissan Versa with a 2015 Volvo V60 primarily for the seat, which indicates to me you've been listening because we've always talked about Volvo and BMW having such great seats. Mm -hmm. Other car manufacturers do a great job too. And he says, what's the most comfortable seat he should be looking for in the 20 to 40K range? And he said his dream is to one day get a seat like the Mercedes S63 AMG convertible. Yeah, it's probably heavy seat. It's got the massage function. Probably does everything. Heating and cooling. Launch into space later. It's got an ejection handle. It's awesome, yeah. Well, honestly, the place to start, this is going to sound funny, Timothy. Some of the most comfortable seats Todd and I have been in have been race seats. They they seem, you know, from carbon buckets on down to just a hard aluminum shell Mm -hmm. or fiberglass shell, the foam inserts are in the right places to support you in turns, yeah. but that also means that support is still there, just riding straight. You're just driving the time, straight. Yeah. The support is always there, where it's your loins, you know, real low in the back, mm-hmm. or your, you know, rib cage, whatever that is. Funny enough, it's strangely like, yeah, these hardcore race seats, I feel good because it supported me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It seems like, you know, the uh, Evo seats, when they took those good seats out of the Evo and yes, went to... Yes, yes, I don't know why. They found them in a trash heap somewhere. <laughs> Clearly, their uh, deal with Ocaro ran out, and they were still making the Evo, and now they had to put yeah. the base Lancer seats in, and that was a no-go. Oh, man. So you've got a Volvo. Hopefully, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. BMWs are great, but ultimately, it depends on your size yes. because some seats that are great for some people are just a non-starter for other people, and so... It's kind of on you to go sit in a variety of cars, but ultimately it's about a test drive. You can't just jump in. Any seat's Mm going to be feel fine the first time you sit down. And it depends on your back issue. It does. Everybody's back issues are a little bit different. I agree with you. Generally, the more support, the better. But I will also say this weird phenomenon. I discovered it personally, and others have mentioned it as well. I had that FRS, which actually had great, great stock seats. Yeah, it does. But then uh, when I had it in in the shop at Toyota and I got a, a warranty car and I had that for a better part of a week, and I had a Corolla, which had terrible seats, okay? <laughs> but over the course right. of driving that car daily for a week, my body kind of got used to the terrible seats. And so when I jumped in my FRS, when I got it back, oh. I mean, I knew that those seats were great, but suddenly my back was like, this feels weird. And Not it took sure. a few days. I've known other people that have only driven cars with marginal seats. And then they got something like an FRS or an Evo, and they were like, these seats hurt. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, after they've driven it daily, they're like, these are the most amazing seats ever. So that's the other weird variable yeah. is that if you get a seat that has got a lot of support and you're coming out of a seat that hasn't, it's going to feel really weird to your back until your back settles into, oh, this has got me. 
Mm-hmm. So sure. You, it's going to sure. be very personal and a little bit difficult as a result. I mean, ultimately, you're going to be wanting to take some road trips, doing some Turo. If you can work that into whatever job you have or business, or if you're traveling for business, that kind of thing, you're renting cars, that's a great way to start getting into, mm-hmm. you know, doing some driving and spending time in there. But ultimately, it's hard to point definitively to a car with seats and say, that's the one you should buy because you might drive and mm-hmm. totally disagree. Mm-hmm. Because it depends on your your body type. So ultimately, it's drive homework, but for seats. Joseph Triplett said on Facebook, what we recommend for a good driving shoe? This is another real personal issues, but I will say what I normally uh, really like. Again, the Lotus, uh, you can't wear big shoes in the Lotus. You'll hit all the pedals at once. True. I like uh, Puma. They have something called the Drift Cat, and I really like those shoes. Whenever I find them on sale, I buy like three pair because they just work for me. I have I have fairly narrow foot anyway, so getting nice narrow shoes feels good. Try those. Uh, Pelodi makes some good stuff. Pelodi has completely changed their branding now, and now they're going they for like lifestyle-looking shoes that are also good for driving. So their stuff is good. You can you may find others, but I've always found that the Pumas are great for me. I've kind of like running shoes. I've gravitated towards the Nikes, and I like yeah. uh, some Adidas stuff just because they've got that little lip that I can use on the outside of my foot for heel and towing. Mm, sure. Yeah, even yeah. though they're not great for, you know, the narrow foot box on a lot of cars, yeah. but I do like just, they've got a, just a thin sole on them mm-hmm. that I can feel the pedals through yeah, it. They're, they're not super hard and I can feel it. This question from Spide Schubert on here from Instagram. Great tips for younger first time car shoppers, specifically to requesting a test drive, negotiating, and generally mm, just wow. playing the game. Wow. You're right. It can be tough when you're walking in and not be taken seriously. I get that. But if you can take a mindset of being a serious shopper and the first salesperson that you meet, you want to start to lay it out. When they say, can, you know, can I help you? Mm-hmm. What are you looking for? And you lay it out and you start to say, hey, you know, I'm actually, I've got things narrowed down between these cars. I haven't driven them yet. I'm seriously shopping. I've got my financing all lined up, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to go and show them through your conversation that you indeed are a buyer and not just you know somebody walking in going, hey, can I get a cool test drive in that Nissan totally. GTR? Totally, yeah. No, I've got financing lined up. I've got a budget in mind. I've been doing my research, and you're bringing to them a host of information that they aren't expecting or prepared for. True. And then absolutely, I hate to say it, but the way you're dressed matters. Mm-hmm. It just does our first impressions are a thing. I'm not saying suit and tie, no. but maybe you've got a jacket on, a sport coat or something like that, and or you just, you're taken pretty seriously pretty quick. Yeah. If you, if you Here's the thing. If you walk in ratty shorts and flip-flops, same person, same budget, you walk in decent jeans and a golf shirt, totally different first impression Very much on so. the sales guy if you're 20 years old. Very much so, yeah. And, and you're the same person. You're the same driver. There's nothing else is different. But one says, I'm serious and I'm doing this. I Also, jumping off of what you're saying... You may know. You may walk in the door knowing more about the cars you want to test drive than the person about to give you the test drive. That's true. And and That's true. Please, we're not suggesting showing off or being a jerk. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But establishing with them, you you're walking in not off the street. That's a cool color. I'm looking at this car. I want to drive this car. And I will also yeah. encourage you to yeah. stand your ground on test drives. Some places will go. Well, we don't give test drives in that car. Then I'm not buying it. Exactly. You know, you have the buying power. You've, you're the one with the mm-hmm. money. Yeah. So you can say, well, you know, there's a lot of car dealers within range. I could go to the next state over and, you know, find yeah. a car. And I'll just take my car here back for service to you and guys. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not going to be t- buying a car I'm not test driving. That's a, I mean, if you're buying, you have financing, you're ready, you need to get a test drive, yep. period. Armed with information and showing that you're serious and researched, I think that will change things for you. 
Thomas asked on Facebook, can we explain that despite critics saying, and we've been in this camp too, that it's too big and too old, how on earth is the Challenger continuing to sell? Huh. The Dodge Challenger. Hmm. Because it's the last fully real muscle car left. It's okay. the last one okay. that is not apologizing for being old, mm-hmm. big, not great in corners, all about the attitude. Have you heard my engine? I can go screaming in a straight. Honestly, the Challenger sells for the same reason that a Harley Davidson sells, because nobody else sells that. Hmm. Hmm. People that like motorcycles could objectively argue that the Harley is just – it's just old. It's just old. Sure. But you buy a Harley because you want a Harley, and nobody else makes a Harley. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the Challenger's key. It's like the graffiti of cars. I mean, I've seen some amazing, beautiful artwork that is graffiti. That's like 10%, maybe 8% of all graffiti. <laughs> you, it's like – You're equating you know, this to the Challenger? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like right. the 8% of, you know, I'm in your face, I'm, you know – but if, if you want that old muscle car feel, that's your buy. Yeah, it's Nobody, kind of one I mean, of one. Because the Camaro and the Mustang, all of those guys are moving more toward traditional sports cars and away from muscle cars. If you want, I want a muscle car. I want to buy it right now with a warranty. Let me show you the Challenger. Mm-hmm. All right, I can see that. All right, Benjamin Thompson says, do we think wood grain paneling or white wall tires will have a comeback? <laughs> Please, no. No. Are there any new cars we think might look good with either of these items? You know, I really don't. In all seriousness, (laughs) I I don't. Not even. Next question. Not even if it's, you know, at the high end, like Bentley or doing anything. So I would encourage you to look at what Bentley and Rolls-Royce and the high-end luxury brands are doing to redefine luxury because that kind of indicated luxury in the past Mm -hmm. but look at what new luxury is especially that uh 100 concept from the uh, monterey weekend from bentley Hmm. it's huge but that's not the point it's redefining and it's all about experience not necessarily the uh you know what you can tack onto a car let's see nick has asked a question what car from the past he said at least 20 years ago maybe farther back would we each want to reproduce in 2020 with modern safety tech and reliability? What car would we want to bring back? And he said, the twist mm. is, mm. I can't pick anything British, and you can't pick anything German. Mm. Mm. I think I have one. Do you? The Fiero. Oh, good. Yeah. Let's do a new Fiero. Mm. Let's bring that back. And the fact it's pretty good. that everything the GM has now learned doing the mid-engine C8. We're back into C8 money. You know what? The Fiero should come out should be half a C8. It should be 0.5 C8 in cost. And, and I'm going to go back to performance and power. Go back to my thing I keep saying. Let's make Corvette a sub brand that is the performance brand of, of GM. And they have cars at various levels. Why not make a Fiero again? Yeah. yeah. Make it the GM MR2 again and do it with what you've learned from the C8. Well, speaking of MR2, you've kind of touched on mine, I think, and that is. You know, something mid-engine from Toyota. They mm-hmm. had that yeah. MR2, yeah, even yeah. though we've Toyota got the Supra now. Yeah. I've been seeing now in the news various you know rumblings about how Toyota wants to partner with somebody <clears throat> to uh, to bring the MR2 back. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I, I still think I'm looking at Nissan. I'm looking at their entire product portfolio and <laughs> looking at we the Z car. We want to bring back Nissan. <laughs> I mean, the Z car exists, but how about let's bring back Nissan, right? <laughs> Nick, let's just bring back Nissan. <laughs> All right, so last question for me. I can't leave this alone. Devin Brower, 34, says, Netflix has a new series called Hyperdrive. We've seen Uh-oh. the trailers. 
No announcement yet when it's going to be available and out. He says, it's awesome. Just imagine American Ninja Warrior, but with cars. Is anybody listening? Are you on this uh, hyperdrive show? Are you are you participating in it? Mm. It's uh, We've been hearing things from friends that it seems like it's a car show that's not produced by car people, which from a production standpoint, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we we'll don't see. know that. We'll see. But it's... Parts of it look interesting to me. Other parts look um, challenging and just kind of um, clickbaity. Well, American Ninja Warrior is, with cars is the right description. In it fact, is. It's probably sold on that and the fact that Charlie Theron is the executive producer. This is why this show got made. Yeah, It for didn't sure, get made because sure. it's like, that's compelling cart content. It's hard it got, for me to... It didn't. I'm sorry. The, the trailer is hard for me to think that's really compelling car content. But again, I haven't seen an episode yet. I'm willing to give it a shot. If I think if you go in with the game show mindset, it might work. Hmm. But it's hard for me, to, based on what I've seen, it's hard for me to go, that's a car show. Mm-hmm. I think the, the car the car is the tool by which you do the obstacle course. Exactly. It's the adventure you're having. The car just happens to be the thing with which you do the yeah, that, challenge. That's at least how it looks to me. Rather than, you know, I'm going to come away learning about something cool about cars or see something. Because these cars are going to bashed, and it's more about, you know, a crash-up derby kind of mindset watching this thing. And people want to watch crashing. They want to watch somebody screw up. I hate to say it, but, well, but- if you just win and you're perfect and you're flawless... Awesome! Congratulations. That was kind of boring. There's a lot of there's a lot of show development that is honestly they're pushing things that they've done it forever. They're pushing things away from cars into stuff that. Well, what if? Hang, let's get an audience of non-car people. All of you listening are car people, so you'd be more tolerant of a show. I don't know, like ours about cars. So <laughs> exactly. this this is this is not. And I, and I please don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that this show might not be very fun to watch. But this is not a show made for those of us that are sitting here for an hour talking about cars. It's not really made for yeah, us. Yeah, we're the bonus audience. Sure, this is sure. this is looking for a game show audience that wants something different. And oh, Charlize Theron produced it. That's yeah. the audience you're going for. Yeah. If the car people like it, bonus. Sure, guys, thanks a million. We've got a dash. Really appreciate all your questions, social media, and all questions. Drop us a line. Love to hear from you. Don't forget to write to us your car conclusions. And we're definitely looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.